You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Interstate Batteries is a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation. So if you're looking for high-quality batteries, you need to check out a local Interstate Batteries retail store, or you can visit them online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, brought to you by Expedition Archery. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 52, where we talk with Josh Neville on his 2019 Montana elk hunt. Hello, hello, and thanks again for tuning into the Transition Wild Podcast, the number one source for Western big game hunting. I just want to take a moment and say... Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who has listened to the podcast, has checked out the website, has uh, you know taken the time to send me an email or a, a message. I just, I just really, really appreciate the support and and the positive feedback that I'm getting from from everyone out there, and and I love hearing people's you know successes. I love hearing about people's first elk hunt. Uh, all that's just really cool and, and, and I love hearing it. So I just want to say thanks again for everybody tuning in and, and following along with, you know, this journey and, and hopefully you're learning a thing or two and, and that's, what's cool. We get to learn together and, and talk with some cool guests. Um, if you haven't yet, definitely go to, uh, search transition wild on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google play, wherever you, wherever you listen to podcasts and go subscribe to the Transition Wild podcast. It's uh, much, much appreciated, and, and it helps out um, tremendously with with you know getting this out there to more people. So make sure you go do that, and you can subscribe at sportsmansnation.com, the Sportsman's Nation podcast network. Uh, lots of good content there from anything and everything you want to hear about hunting. Uh, you want fishing. You want gear reviews. You want turkey hunting you want white tails you want big game it's it's all there so definitely go check out sportsnation.com and you can subscribe to a, a number of different feeds on that network as well well it's it's here um beginning of october 
and the the 2019 Colorado Archery Elk season has has come and went and uh it was an interesting year for sure I was I was thinking that it would be lights out lots of elk running around and and that is the case. There's there's definitely a lot of elk running around, and and for the few times that I was able to get out, definitely had some good bull encounters with with some friends and family. But what was weird about this season, it just it seemed like the rut was just kind of non-existent up until the last week of the season. So, um, you know, I was having, and I and I talked to a lot of people throughout the season, but you know. A lot of the consensus was there just wasn't a lot of bugling or rutting activity for those first three weeks, and then it just kind of opened up that last week. So if you were hunting last week in Colorado, it it was definitely a a good time <laughs> to be in the woods. So it was it was a cool year for sure. It just it seemed like it was kind of different in regards to the the timing of the rut, or you know, it, and obviously the rut doesn't change drastically year to year it's always just kind of is what it is but um maybe it just wasn't at the same intensity there wasn't as noticeable they weren't as active as well as much you know jam-packed action so it was it was just interesting to say the least so you know as as i kind of watch year after year and kind of how things unwind based on weather and a drought versus a rainy year cold versus hot weather it's I'm trying to figure out trends and so far each year is a little bit different. So we'll see, but nonetheless, it's always cool. Congrats to everybody who killed elk in Colorado and anywhere in the West. I mean, um, my buddy Bo, who I had on the podcast, uh, recently, he killed a great bull in Montana. My buddy Josh, who I'm talking with today, he, he killed an awesome bull and uh, it seems like a lot of people are having success this year. So that's that's really, really cool. So hats off to all of you guys. All right. So today I'm joined by my buddy Josh. And I've had him on the podcast before. He's hilarious. Love him. Uh, worked with him when I first moved out to Colorado. And he's since moved back to Missouri. But he's been, you know, continuing to elk hunt you know, year after year and going on these week trips and, and, you know, he's been at it for, for five years now. And this past, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he was able to take his, his very first elk, a bull in Montana with a bow, which is, which is really, really cool. I was so happy for him. So stoked when I, I saw the photos and I just had to have him on the show just to, to hear all about it. And, you know, uh, just kind of relive the hunt. So that's what we're talking about today. Just catching up with Josh and, and detailing his 2019 Montana elk hunt. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get my buddy Josh Neville on the line. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by Expedition Archery, manufacturer of the world's finest archery experience. Expedition bows combine aerospace level quality innovative designs, and a fluid feel serious hunters demand. Test drive one today at your nearest archery retailer and view their full lineup at expeditionarchery.com. Why settle for status quo when opportunity and adventure awaits? Make your next hunt an expedition. All right, on the line with us now, my good buddy, the man himself, Josh Neville. How's it going, man? Doing good, Adam. Appreciate the call. And first off, congratulations on the new 
young son, Everett, and Jenna. <laughs> Thanks, awesome brother. Stuff. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. It's a it's a whole different world, but it's pretty amazing, man. I love it. <laughs> I can imagine, man. I was I was a little worried there, you know, for a little bit. I was like, "Where's Adam? Did you post or anything?" And then I saw, "Oh, that was good." I'm like, "Oh, congratulations! He's a father now, Father yeah. Adam." Oh yeah, yep, yep, Father Adam. I uh, I kind of took a social media <laughs> hiatus there. I just I just literally had I I haven't had hardly any time, or at least in that first month, it was just nuts, man. I just couldn't just just yep. couldn't get online I, at all. <laughs> I can imagine, man. It's no problem with that. I completely understand that. <laughs> a little, yeah. a little trickier you know you have a kid out there it's hard to you know get on social media and do normal stuff oh yeah well and parlay it with i actually switched to a flip phone about four or five months ago and so that makes it even tougher oh <laughs> flip phone who are you i'm going <laughs> off back, the grid I like it. i'm going off the grid man you won't ever see me again Damn, I, I need to start mailing letters to you soon <laughs> i know can we be pen pals we'll just uh write each might other as, <laughs> might as well be <laughs> oh man well it's all good i appreciate the uh congrats man that's uh much appreciated yeah, awesome stuff well, what's going Pretty on cool. in your neck of the woods you just jamming elk steaks down your throat or what oh you know i wish i was honestly <laughs> like I said, i'm sitting here in dallas fort worth at an airport and thinking about elk watching i mean i'm i i sell social media so i'm still looking at it and for <laughs> shooting elk left and right <laughs> so yeah I wish I was a jamming elk sticks down my throat, but <laughs> well, when enough. you get back, soon when enough. you get back, exactly. When I get back, I'll have lots of elk. Yeah, but, no, it's good, man. For sure. Oh, uh, speaking of just social media in general, uh, did you see the bull that Joe Sir killed? That thing is a giant, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I called him. He called me that night. I think after he shot that thing, and like, he's like, "Yeah, it's a big elk, man." I mean. He busted his ass on the elk. I mean, he shot it the last day, and he's like, "Yeah, it's a big elk." But I mean, I don't—I didn't measure anything yet, so he got home and measured it. Yeah, he he's got like a sort of. I mean, my opinion sort of doesn't matter, but he's got like a 340 elk sitting at his house, and he showed me a picture of his elk next to that elk. It dwarfed it. I mean, it was, it's definitely <laughs> all of 370 all day. I was, was going to say, man, that thing is, is definitely up there. It's definitely a Boone and Crockett bull that he killed. It was giant. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it was uh, uh, his John was filming it for him, too. So ah. it sounds like they were bugling the whole time. And man. they were bugling right in his face. It's amazing footage. I got to have him on my podcast at some point. That'd be pretty cool. Definitely, too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, man, uh, I, the only reason I brought that up because I know you had hunted with Joe in the past, and and you know you've been hunting elk for a number of years. Me and you used to work together and live here in Colorado. Back in the good together. old days. The good old days, man. And yeah, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I miss you, brother. I wish you were out here more yeah. often. Yeah, me too, man. You can't get enough of the mountains out there, and you can't get enough of people and elk in September. I promise that. <laughs> That's all I dream about. So, you know, living in Missouri is a little tough, not be able to hear them as much as I could. But I envy you for being able to stay out there and stuff. So, I'll definitely need to get out there more often. No kidding, no kidding. I uh, I direct everybody to to go elk hunt in Colorado, but maybe I should start telling them Montana's the spot to go. Yeah, Montana's. It <laughs> was my first time in Montana too. Um, yeah. It was a. Uh, it was uh, obviously. 
you know, I've only hunted caught. Actually, I hunted Montana once before that in rifle season, which wasn't the best, but majority of it has all been Colorado, and I love Colorado, and I love the hunting out there, and I, what I think it's done, I think you can attest to this hunting there and hunting in Michigan, is, you know, there is a lot of hunters out there, and, the, you know, the train and the people, it makes you, a, in my personal opinion, a better hunter of trying to find elk because that's the goal. And, and you're pretty much hunting the hunters and getting away from them and trying to find the elk. Yeah. So going, you know, taking those same tactics, what I've learned in Colorado and, you know, taking them into Montana, you know, you don't have the people and you can find elk so much easier. And it was, it was, it was truly refreshing. You know, I think maybe it's a one-off, you know, I'm sure there's people everywhere, but, it was, I applied everything and, you know, the whole time I was on elk, yeah. you know, it, it was, it was still a little early in the rut, but it was overall, it was an awesome hunt. It was just a game rich environment yeah. that you don't usually get a lot of times in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was honestly thinking that exact same thing the other day. Cause I was like, yeah, like Colorado is a lot like Michigan or Pennsylvania. There's, there's a lot yeah. of you know, just like Michigan or just like Colorado and Michigan, there's, there's a lot of deer and I mean, it's, it's a game rich environment, but it can be tough because it's, it's just, there's so many hunters. Same thing with Colorado. We got the most elk, you know, largest elk population in the, in the lower 48 here. And, and, but we also get the most hunters, so it can be tough that way and i was i was literally thinking that exact same thing because it's just it's so many hunters it can be tough it's pressured and just finding them is is a is an obstacle in itself and 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 i've and i've been seeing a lot on idaho montana some of these other states and and you know people are having some better success maybe just because it's yeah less population for sure for sure you know you and i guys are going into Colorado stuff like I typically have a week to hunt and you know I do all the research Google or on X and just, you know looking to find the spots without actually putting your boots on the ground where typically when I'm in Colorado I would do that I have so many different spots I have to hit just to find the elk yeah and you can find it where I went to Montana I mean I could get on them fairly quickly really you know, it, it was and like it was surprisingly like you, you apply those same tactics to find those elk to get out and you know the patient find the big ones too but like i i like i absolutely love in colorado and i won't continue always out there but I, it, it teaches you and I, that's why i think that, you know going to these other states it's taught me a lot i can get on elk pretty quick now and find them within a few days and i obviously i credit always just hunting in colorado so no it was a overall it was an awesome hunt like a from a hunting standpoint, from an elk hunting standpoint, you couldn't ask for a better hunt in terms of animals, bugling, good weather, awesome terrain to be in. So I had a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to detail a little bit because I, I, I really don't know any details of the hunt. Although I, I know you, you killed a bull there this year, but yeah. I kind of want to, you know, yeah. detail everything from the planning process to you know, starting the hunt and, you know, going throughout yeah. the week or whatever, and then ultimately killing your bull. But what, what made you want to want to go to Montana over, let's say Idaho or another state, like why Montana and how did that kind of whole initial process begin? Well, I mean, there's 
a couple of reasons. Um, one, I do like the fact that, yeah, it is a general tag, but you still have to draw to get into it, which is nice. It is more expensive. So basically I was looking for what's going to cut the people down, yeah. get people out. So that was my number one priority. And then my second was I have a buddy who lives in Bozeman. So I knew I could get him to go go with me to go hunt out there. So those are my two you know, main priorities of when I picked Idaho or Montana, because I was looking between Montana and Idaho, but I didn't want to necessarily go over the counter hunt. I you know, wanted to go to Montana, at least put a little, keep the expense ups and you know, have it a draw yeah. to get a tag. So that was my main reason. Is, is, does Montana have any over the counter archery elk opportunities? I mean, they are, they're definitely, like, it's pretty much over the counter. It's just a general tag that okay. you have to apply for. And they'll typically have leftover stuff, but they've been cutting back on their tag the past few years. So, you know, technically it's getting a little harder to get. But you, it, hypothetically, I mean, it's pretty much over the counter. You just have to go yeah. through the process. You can't just drive, drive there and get a tag. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, so you have this buddy in Bozeman and, and, is he kind of familiar with maybe some of the area that you guys were looking at hunting or was it completely blind? It was, a, uh, you know, I did a lot of scouting going into it. Um, he, he's been out there for about a year now. So I mean, he's getting into elk hunting as well. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's new to it and, you know, definitely a, a good help. Um, but basically what went into starting in June, I, one, I talked to a few guys who live out there you know, trying to get, I wasn't asking for honey holes by any means. I was just basically saying, what general parts of the state can I get on elk? I'm not looking for a 400 class bull. I'm just looking to get on a lot of animals in one week. Let me get in on them. Yeah. So it was kind of pointing me in the right direction. And then based on that, I was just you know, doing the research, of doing the Google Earth, looking at the terrain, finding the water, finding the, finding the food finding north-facing slopes and just kind of, you know, picking out areas that I think elk would go in bed, go back and forth and kind of find those transition zones. And basically I found within, you know, this area, four spots that I thought elk just from the terrain. And I felt like there was water there and there would be food there every year that I could probably get on elk. And it was, you know, at least three miles away from, a road and pretty much off a trail. So putting, putting a lot of the same tactics that I apply when I go to Colorado, that I know there's people where I probably wouldn't have had, I probably didn't have to use them as you know, detailed tactics because I was, there was no people there, which is awesome. Yeah. So it was great, you know, and using those tactics, it, I think it really helped. And, um, about a week before I went out there and, you know, I, I, shared my screen with and shared my waypoints and stuff with my buddy who lives in Bozeman. And he went out to a spot as well. He, he kind of hunted and he got into elk right away. So he's like, yeah, you need to come out to this spot. So obviously I, I've never been out here. I wanted to go to this spot with him. And, you know, he said he's been an elk. So that's the whole battle just finding him. So yeah. went out with him and got up. I mean, we got an elk right away. I mean, it was a, it was an awesome area, but it was easy terrain. It was, it was some of the thickest terrain I've hunted. There's a lot of elk in there, but they weren't coming to the calls. 
So the little, to me, what told me it was a little early in the rut, and I hadn't researched. I didn't know the area that well, so it's hard for me to get on these elk. And you know, we did that for about three days. I'm just kind of we're getting close to elk, but more times than not, we're just you know still hunting them, and it was hard to still hunt. I kind of bumped them sometimes. So you know, what I wanted to do, I'm like, let's just back out of here. Let's go hit those other you know other spots I had where. I could at least glass yeah. and I could see the elk and figure out a game plan. Yeah, um, for sure. But actually, so plan B, my plan B spot was a spot in the gravelly mountains. Um, and, you know, that week when I was hunting, I got out, we're going to go to the new, to that spot. Uh, I got a text from a bunch of people back home. They're like, hey, man, just seeing you, you're doing all right. You know, we haven't heard anything. Come to find out there's a spot out there, like the spot I was literally going to hunt. There's three guys attacked by grizzly bears. I closed the whole area down. No kidding. I I <laughs> saw that. I saw that story about about that grizzly bear attack. And no shit, you were you were checking out that spot. Literally, huh? literally that spot. <laughs> oh, Josh. The whole the whole cottonwood pass. I'm like, I was it. I'm like, that was my. That's where I was gonna go next after the first spot. <laughs> oh but, man. But but yeah, they closed it down, so I didn't didn't make it in there. Wow. Um, that's yeah, crazy. So, I so I, that's one question I was going to ask is like, you were you in grizzly country? And it sounds like you were. Yeah. So the first spot I wasn't, um, but the spot I'm going to like, you know, where I shot my elk was, yeah, it was grizzly country. Yeah. Really? Which wow. is a little different than what I'm used to. Yeah. I was going to say, what's, what's the, does the feeling just change? Like when you, when you're leaving the trailhead or the truck and you're hiking in, like, does it, is it just a different type of feeling? I would say, yeah, you know, right when I, my first time actually, so by myself, uh, hunting grizzly country was, you know, right when I get hitting that trail, yeah, it's like, damn, the grizzly going to come out and kind of gets your, gets you a little anxious. But honestly, man, like when you start walking in there, it's like, no, nah, it's really no different than, you know, hunting Colorado or anywhere else with yeah. black bears and stuff. It's, you know, that isn't, once you start doing it, you, you completely forget about it. But obviously, you're more conscientious and having clean camps and stuff, and just being a little safer than you typically would. But I kind of like it. It was kind of fun being in a, <laughs> I guess, that adrenaline rush to be out there. Yeah. If you will. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, just to kind of set the stage for for hunting, like what type of hunting were you doing? Were you staying at your buddy's house and driving? Were you tent camping on the road? Were you hiking in with with tents and you know yeah sleeping bags that sort of thing what did that look like yeah i mean i predominantly uh only hunt off you know with packs and you know have my tents and typically i'm a car i'll hunt just kind of hike around and hunt and follow the elk around you know that's what so that's what i did in uh, montana too so we were about six miles in from the trailhead and camped in brought our tents in and uh set up a little site back there which is nice. fun. Um, yeah, I like, I personally like, uh, yeah, I mean, you can easily do it. You can sit in a trailhead and came and spike from there and get on out no problem. I personally just love getting back away from, you know, civilization and having more of the adventure style and just being back there. It's, uh, I, you know, it's just something I prefer to do and be back away from people. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, elk can be killed in both scenarios for sure. Like for sure. One, one thing I've I've been doing a lot this year. I, I haven't been hunting, but been taking family and friends and stuff out a little bit when I can. But just getting into these small little BLM chunks and and mm-hmm. not really having to walk that far. I mean, a ten minute walk and you're oh, yeah. you're hunting elk, which is pretty neat. But totally oh, the yeah. the experience of getting you know, getting everything in your pack and hiking in and setting up a camp somewhere. That's like totally cool. And I recommend everybody do it. It's, it's totally badass. Sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. You can kill elk two, you know, 20 feet from your car if you want. <laughs> no problem. I don't, I That'd don't get nice. live out there anymore. So, so I, uh, I prefer to be as deep as I can Yeah. to see as much as I can. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> And that's completely different too. You know, as a non-resident, you only get a week or so to hunt. You want that experience. And, and part of that is yeah. just going remote and, and, uh, roughing it and, and having yeah. a blast at the sure. same time. Oh yeah. Definitely. That, that's sweet. So, so you kind of tried out this, this one spot and then you went to plan B, but that didn't pan out because of the grizzly attacks. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. so now you're at basically plan C or did you go back to the original area? No, so yeah, I went to Plan C spot. Um, it was a another area, and basically the goal of that area was like I can I knew I could glass and get on some elk, and I it was a good area that I I was pretty much eighty percent sure that it would definitely be elk back there. So uh, basically hiked back in. Miles got our camp set up. Uh, this would be Wednesday night. Got our camp set up. Um, and then that evening went up just right above camp, not too far. And there's this basin where I knew there was bedding, there's feed, there's water that I could glass up in there and hopefully catch some elk coming in out of bedding. And I mean, just like clockwork, uh, six o'clock elk started funneling out of their bedding area. You know, they were working their way, feeding their way through, you know, this basin. I just watched them all evening and, you know, I can tell you, it's so much more refreshing going to bed knowing I can see elk in there and I knew where they're feeding Yeah. that I had a game, you know, having a game plan plan in the morning to go after those elk and, you know, catch them. You, you already ha- have this idea of where they're going to be. It just makes it that much easier going yeah. forward. So, I mean, it was working like clockwork. Yeah. That's kind of a rarity in Colorado. I don't think I've ever hardly, <laughs> it's hard to just no, find them. And then you go back the next day and they're just not there. You know, it just doesn't happen yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, that's really exactly. cool, man. So, so you got to an area where it was more open and you can kind of glass some of these big drainages and, and you were having some, yep. some good success with that. sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. And you know, honestly, like there's elk in front of us that night and then there's elk literally behind us is like it was just you know kind of pick your drainage to go into um yeah. but i you know i had, but the thing was that night i hadn't seen any bulls but there was way too many cows to not be a bull in there somewhere um so i you know basically what i knew going to you know see that night was that morning i was going to get up early and try to get up in that mountain and you know try to cut them off uh before they go back to bed um so basically you know that morning, woke up, hiked about halfway up the mountain. Uh, thermals were still coming down on us. So as they're coming down, I was kind of walking along this uh, ridge. I could smell them above me, and, you know, I knew where they were bedding. So I just kind of paralleled them as they were walking through this kind of thicker stuff. And just paralleled them along this ridge. 
and I knew it would open back up. So I, you know, my goal was to at least beat them to this spot and knowing that they'd probably get there before the sun, before that thermals turned on me, yep. that I could probably get a shot. And, you know, got to that spot, and there's actually cows already, you know, working their way through. So it was perfect, got set up, and, uh, you know, we're just sitting there. All of a sudden, this bull came out, and it was actually a bull. I was going to try to shoot, better to shoot him, and he dipped down to this, uh, you know, bull, I guess, and uh, going to go after him, but there's cows kept kind of funneling. So I, you know, I'm just gonna let him sit, let him funnel through. Spikes were coming through, and I mean, no, you know, about five minutes later, uh, my bull stepped out, and I was like, perfect. He's at 35 yards, stepped out, pulled back. He looked right at me, and you know, pile drive them. I mean, it was easy. Badass. <laughs> when I, you know, you and I, we've elk hunted a lot, and. I would say there hasn't been an elk hunt like that where it's worked to exactly how I planned it because what that did, you know? So it was like, I mean, it started at 7.30 that morning. Uh, so, no, it worked perfect and, uh, you know, sat there for a little bit and probably waited about two hours. Just wanted to give him a shot. I mean, it was a good shot. Um, and ended up, you know, after I shot him, there was zero blood. Really? So that was disheartening, to say the least. I'm like, zero blood, so we're scanning the, this basin. And I saw the herd he was with and, you know, watched him go bed. So I knew he was going to be from where I was to where they're bedding. And basically, you know, waited those two hours in class. And basically, I was just hiking around looking, you know, like at my first shed, looking for an elk. Yeah, and, grid searching. And found him. Yeah, great searching, great searching them out. And, and still, like, I don't understand, you know, why there was no blood, but either way, I found them. Um, no, it was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's wild. So, like, what what ended up happening? Was it a was it a high lung or something, or what? It was a, you know, it, was a, it got the lung. It was a high lung, yeah. Um, but, like, I, so I guess I didn't I have a new arrow set up this year um, and I switched it up to, I did a single bevel uh, broadhead setup and super heavy arrow. I mean, I think it was like 500, you know, grains per inch. I think it was a super heavy arrow. Yeah. And I mean, a super sharp broadhead. I don't know. Like the only thing I can, uh, you know, put it to is like the broadhead was so sharp that it went through. Like it literally didn't, it bled a little bit on the inside and it got the lungs, but it didn't bleed anywhere else. So it was like, I don't know, man. Like it was interesting to me. Um, I had never seen anything like it. It just adds to the to the debate that everyone has with these broadheads. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like it was. I love the setup. And I think it'll it shot well. It goes through anything, but like I didn't believe. So it was, it was interesting. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that's the catch twenty two. You want the penetration. You want to pass through ideally, but if you but if it's if it slides through so easily it doesn't cut a hole for it to bleed, then it's like okay, right. well, you know, yeah, that, that's also not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. Got right. it. Exactly. So so you you basically shot this bull and um, you kind of kind of let him sit for a while. You grid search yep. and 
how did you end up finding him? Like walking up to him or were you glassing? Was, what, how did yeah, that go down? No. Basically, you know, I knew he was, you know, he was dead in this, uh, pretty much his dark timber area. It wasn't that big. Um, so we just kind of walked up and down it and walked upon him, found him that way. No it's shit. Dark timber to find him. But yeah, it was, you know, I don't like, having to wait two hours, three hours to find an animal, but at the end of the day, I found him, and it was it was worth the wait, I guess. Um, made me uh, work for it, so he's a tough son of a gun. <laughs> well, what's that <laughs> What's that feeling like? Because you've, you've been hunting elk for, you know, what, three, four years now and, and yeah. hadn't killed a bull yep. yet and walking yep. up to that first elk, man, like what, what was that feeling like? You know, after, you know, hunting those, what, five years, the fifth year I've hunted, shot him, and finding, actually killing this elk, I mean, it's pretty indescribable. Um, yeah. Of, you know, as all elk hunters can attest to busting your ass 24-7 and, and trying to kill these amazing animals that somehow live in these mountains. It's, a, it's something like, you know, I think it's a bucket list, a dream come true, if you will, of yeah. being able to put my hands on finally. And I couldn't ask for anything more. And I couldn't be happier, you know. It's First pretty years, surreal. It tough, man. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was, you know, should have killed some elk the first years and never came through and couldn't find them. And like, to almost to the point, like last year, it was probably the hardest time I'd ever been on. Uh, just busting your ass is like is this really worth it type of you know attitude yeah to killing an elk it's like you know elk hunters i think you go through the most of just busting your ass getting your ass kicked you know blood sweat tears literally of getting it to it's me but you keep doing it and you keep doing it it's end of the day it's, there's nothing like it and i will never until i can't walk not elk hunt, uh, <laughs> out there so I love it, man. That's that's super cool. That's super cool. Uh, congrats for for that. That's so cool when you walk up to him for the first time. And um, it what it what did uh, what did the breakdown process look like? Did you did you have a long pack out? What 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 did that kind of look like? <laughs> yeah, it was a process. Uh, it's different, you know, being in grizzly country, doing this, and oh yeah. So we you know, pack, you know, basically got them all quartered out and at that point we're probably about seven miles back in there and we do we decided to debone it while we're out there just to cut down some weight yep. so we quartered all up and we got the back quarters and our packs and stuff to haul out that evening um so we got him got those out and, was, and that next morning we went back up and it started raining and it started snowing, which was very oh, fun to pack out of it. Uh, so we're going over snowing on us to get our last pack. And, you know, we're sitting there, got a little bite to eat in this little meadow before we're going to get the, the quarter, last quarters. Um, it wasn't, you know, it's probably, they're hung up about 50 or so yards from the actual kill site. And we're sitting there, all of a sudden these elk come sprinting out towards us the wind like it wasn't us you know bumping them out so it's like well crap 
maybe there's a you know a bear sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're like, well, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll ease our way in there and see if we can, you know, make sure there's nothing in there. You know, as I'm walking in there, all of a sudden I see this brown thing just sprint in front of me, like in the thick stuff. I couldn't <laughs> tell what it was. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Josh is gonna so, get killed. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, man. Well, it was fun. That was a fun hike, right? <laughs> so yeah, we get in there. I'm like, I put it. It's like we're in a James Bond movie. Got like a bodyguard to have. The one guy I was with, uh, Jeremy, he was sitting there like watching as I'm untying the, the quarter from the tree, making sure no bears jump out at us with a you know, gun in the chamber or a bullet in the chamber. So luckily, luckily there's no bears. We got out of there and packed them out and uh, took us three trips, uh, you know, packing them, you know, packing the quarters and going back and getting our camp and stuff. And, you know, as we're, it got about 10 inches of snow as we're, you know, packing out. So wow. it made it fun. I mean, like I said, when I said it, 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 it gave me all the feels of all the elk hunts from shooting in elk, grizzly bear country to awesome terrain, to bugling bulls, to snow. <laughs> you couldn't ask for anything better. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It seems, it seems like the, uh, the elk killing was probably the easiest part of the hunt and yeah, finding them and getting on them, uh, you know, literally, you know, pretty, pretty damn early. And then just, you know, yeah. a whole, a whole bunch of shit going down on the pack out with all the terrain and weather and seven miles. That's no joke either, man. That's a long hike. Like, like, yeah, it was, a, it was fun, man. It was a nightmare. I know, but it was good. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> we were so happy and I couldn't be happier to get those puppies out and have some beer when I got back to the truck and, we instantly went back to the, his house and processed all the meat up and cut it up and ground. So, but it's all sitting in Montana right now. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get that meat back. Uh, <laughs> <to serve. laughs> you got to FedEx it with some uh, dry ice. Just get her back. There you go. That's, that's the goal. I got a big cooler I'm going to send out there to get it back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, good problem to have for sure. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> so you mentioned, yep. so you mentioned that, these elk were still kind of herded up and kind of a bed to feed kind of scenario. Yeah. Was this more early September, mid September? What did that look like? Yeah, I mean it was definitely uh, what was it? September? I shot you know, September twentieth. I shot him. So okay. I figured you know I play. I was playing the moving stuff. Not a huge moving guy, but I figured in one week might as well play right. Um, they were bugling, but they were definitely still herded up. And you definitely still had your satellite drag horns with the cows. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no herd bulls, and at least the, the ones I was going after. Um, so I made it interesting. You know, we were calling to them. They weren't really coming in. They're coming in to 50 or so yards, can't really get shots, and there weren't the bulls I was really looking after and cross spikes. So I knew, you know, just basically wanted to get in the herd. And I'm not picky. Like I said, it's my first one. So. I wanted the first legal bull I could go shoot. And, you know, I had a feeling when there's a herd of 10 cows, there's going to be a satellite raghorn somewhere in there. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, I'm guarantee you, though, there's not an elk in there and the cows that, you know, this past week or week two, man, I'm sure there's some some dandy herd bulls uh, pushing their arms around. So. Oh, I bet. I bet. One thing I noticed here in Colorado this year was that the rut was – pretty damn late like even up until like the 20th yeah. like you're describing it, it yeah. there just wasn't a ton of bugling and it seemed like there just wasn't a lot of like hot rut action and and no. then kind of more like the mid like 
25th, 26th, like the last week, it really, it really started to pop. But up until that point, it was pretty non-existent or pretty, pretty uh, slow for sure. I would agree. You know, and that's a, my brother, he was in Wyoming the same week. He shot an elk as well. Same thing. You know, they're abusing, but they were like kind of on the calls. They weren't really aggressive. So he shot his over a wallow. You know, wow. that's the game they're playing. So yeah. it's like, I completely agree. I think the rut was just a little later this year. You know, I think it was definitely like the 25th, 26th, man. I bet it was just nuts. I wish I could have been out there, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild. And like on September 9th, I was hunting with my brother and stepson Dominic, and he uh, uh, we went out and we had three six by six bulls. They were like three year old bulls. They weren't giants, but we had three six by sixes, single file line, walk right in front of us. I mean that tells me that wow. they're still in like bachelor groups and and you know you're damn near pushing mid-september by that time so it's Mm -hmm. it was it was just a little weird for sure i agree i mean you know i figure the moon and stuff like at least get them going but yeah it was definitely a lot later than typically been in my opinion i figured too up there like i hope you know you always see them being in montana i was hoping that it'd be just nut fest but you know whatever end of the day it was was a dead elk so i can't oh yeah yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter which way you you scratch it, which yeah. which way you cut it, you still got one on the ground. That's that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. really cool. Now, did you see any other hunters? Did you get into any hunting pressure there, or or just was it kind of non-existent? Non-existent. <laughs> really? Non-existent. Wow. And, and, you know, maybe that plays into grizzly country. You know, maybe it keeps people out. I don't know, but. It was, yeah, I think we saw another truck driving in, wasn't it, for people-wise. So it's it just nice you get out there not having to worry about, is there a guy, is that a guy being at me? Is, that, is there a guy over there, you know? Like, yeah. You know there's elk that I'm going to go after. It's an elk for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool man that's really cool um have you did you did you change anything up with your setup for this year and like from years past in regards to like a different pack or i know it sounds like you changed up your arrows a little bit but uh any any other major changes like in your gear setup i've been definitely going on lighter and you know like i said i'm a guy who likes to go in ways and get back over people's so I I really focus on keeping stuff light. So this year I switched out my tent system. Got the uh, Stone Glacier, I don't know, something. I don't know. It's a tarp tent style. Yeah. Keeping it super light. Um, you know, keeping a lot of my food light. Uh, I'm not quite to the point where you know doing all dry foods. You know, I have to have at least dinner at night. Yeah. <laughs> a jet boil, but you know, so I, I think I was. Every year it gets, I get lighter, and you know, I swear every year, you know, I tell myself I don't have enough equipment and stuff, but I keep buying more and more equipment. <laughs> the lighter you go, the more expensive they go. I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, it can get out of hand, and I, I'm the same way. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the first year I was just biggest pack you can have loaded to the gills with all sorts of gear that i may need in a hypothetical zombie apocalypse and 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 now i've just cut her back and i just have this tiny pack but it's still an external frame and 
uh, just go bare minimum, man, and and it just feels a lot better, and and you really don't need a whole oh, yeah. lot. Everyone overthinks it. You don't. I completely agree, man. Everyone, I've seen like, you know, hiking by past people and stuff. They've got like their boots and stuff, like other boots. I'm like, man, that's a lot. You know, they'll learn like it's. It, you don't need that much. You need just the essentials to survive, and you'll be fine. And that's it's worked out. And I, and you feel a lot better. You know, you're not hiking with extra weight on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What's up? What's next year look like for you? Are you are you planning on like you're gonna bomb right back to that same spot, in Montana, or what are you thinking? Well, I'm actually I'm thinking about uh, coming out your way here third season. No uh, kidding, sweet. Doing a little doing a little over the over the counter elk hunt. Um, so we'll see. I'm gonna try to get out there to the Eagle area, get back there, and you know, maybe well, he's up to. But um, definitely, man. Uh, I think I'll, you know, next year my goal is I've got a few, I've got some points built up in Wyoming that I may go to Wyoming. Um, if, you know, if I don't go to Wyoming, I'll probably go back to Montana for sure. Wow, sweet. Um, I think it'll be a I don't know. When you kill an elk out there and you see them on an elk, it's pretty hard to want to go somewhere else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I like. I love Colorado, and I'll always hunt here, obviously, because I live here. But I, I just need mm-hmm. to start getting out of, out of the state and hitting some different areas and and getting some different experiences. So, hopefully, I can find the what. time to start doing that. Well, yeah. When you're a father now, so. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. I guess I'll go. I'll go hunt for it if you want. And I'll, I'll help you out. I'll... <laughs> yeah, get me a bull, no, Josh, and I just want to take a picture with it. Or bring, bring Everett out with you. So <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a win-win for him. He'll, he'll be packing elk here before too long. Oh, we'll, we'll enough. Give him one year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll load him up with like a pound of meat. That's no problem. Exactly. He'll be fine. It's awesome. Wait. He's going to be a killer. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I, he can he, he can do anything he wants in life, but I'm, I'm damn for sure going to make him be a hunter. I don't care. Like, he's going to hunt. <laughs> no ifs, Oh, damn about. right he is. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a killer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be cool. Well, that's sweet. You're thinking about coming out for rifle season. I, uh, I'm i going to do the same. I'm, I, I'm just kind of figuring out if I want to do second or third and – gonna kind of play it by yeah. ear you know and based on time and what i have and and then also seeing seeing what the weather's doing and and maybe just doing some scouting in some of the areas i've been checking out and make a game time Good. decision so we'll see well you just see a well next year's season in colorado get pushed back a few or a week or something like yeah i think it's gonna be really good the next few years in colorado for like the rifle seasons yeah I'm excited for it yeah, yeah, and archery seasons are getting pushed back a week, and you know, not starting Finally. until September. Yeah, it makes makes so much more sense. I'm glad I'm glad they're doing it that way. Me too. Me too. Well, sweet brother. Well, I know uh, I know we're kind of short on time here, and I know you gotta catch another flight. When when do you take off here in like 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, I take off here in a, yeah twenty minutes and head to. <laughs> Arkansas. Nice. What? what uh, Arkansas. So yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 
I appreciate you coming on, Josh, and it was great catching up. I'll give you a call soon, and we can we can chat some more. But I really just wanted to hear your yeah, story, and sure. you know the first the first bull down. That's something special. So I'm I'm glad to have you on, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. As always, I love coming on here and chatting and catching up, and it's always fun. And again, congratulations on the newborn. Hey, keep up the great work. I love your your podcast. Killing it. I love listening to your stuff. It's, it's fun watching you grow as well. So keep Thanks, it up. Definitely we'll stay in touch. Thanks. Hopefully you get out this year, and if not, next year. <laughs> There's always next year, right? <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, exactly. I'll, t- I'll talk to you soon, and hopefully we can link up when you're out here in Colorado here in a month or so. For sure. For sure. I hope so, man. Appreciate it. All right, brother. You take care. We'll catch you on later. All right. I'll talk to you later. Right. Yeah. Right. See ya. All right, and there we go. Big thanks to Josh for coming on the show. Really enjoyed having you, man. You're you're uh, you're my buddy, my pal, my amigo, and uh, can't wait to catch up with you again. So, uh, congrats again on that bull. All right, for everybody who's still out there grinding, didn't get something in archery season, or you held off and you're you're busting out the boomstick like I am. And you're hunting, uh, you know, first or second, third or fourth rifle in Colorado. Make sure you go to transitionwild.com, subscribe, and I will send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. It just kind of it's a Kickstarter 10-page PDF that gets you started with hunting here in Colorado, from scouting to gear to, you know, uh, when to hunt, uh, big game statistics, draw odds, kind of learning that whole system, and you know, a lot of information and articles related to elk hunting. So pretty cool stuff go to transitionwild.com subscribe i will send you that for free all right thanks again to our sponsors and partners expedition archery skull brew coffee and outdoor edge knives appreciate you guys tuning in thanks again and we'll talk to you soon